0: Welcome to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Podcast in Scottsdale, Arizona. We are Christian Disciples in Mission. Maybe we've had a very similar experience in our lives when we belong to an organization, a group, or the workforce. When new members come in, one of the roles of the group members, those who are much newer, not much seniority, or they're low in title, or status, train the new members to do menial tasks. Pick up dog poop, wash cars, pick up the boss's dry cleaning. Things that people in the group would say, those are menial tasks that now that I have a title or seniority, I don't do those things anymore. And so gladly, the members would teach the other members who are new how to do them so that they no longer have to do those menial tasks that really aren't important and should be reserved for people in lower status. It's kind of how it works a lot of times in groups. And we, we would say that's pretty normal. That happened in the time of Jesus. And yet, we know that Jesus does a menial act at a special day that we call Holy Thursday. That's an important feast for Christians throughout the world. The three days right before Easter called Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday, which is the Easter Vigil. The church would call it Super Bowl weekend. You can't give it any higher title than that. And that tells anyone, even if they're not Christian, that these are important days. And on Holy Thursday, we remember Jesus after the supper, the last supper we call it, gets up and takes on a waiter's towel, and he washes the feet of his disciples. Now, back at that time, only slaves did that. People with any status, with honor, prestige, would never, ever think of washing the feet of others. And yet Jesus instructs his disciples afterwards, you see, you called me rabbi and teacher and Lord, and indeed I am, but... I also washed your feet, a task that is meant for new employees, people who are low on the totem pole, people who really aren't valued or seen as important in the organization. And Jesus says, if you wish to follow me, all of us must do the same. Not just for clergy or people who give their lives over in a religious way. Everyone. Everyone is asked to do the same thing. And so the question I would ask you is this. Does Jesus simply do that so that when he dies and when we die and go into heaven, are the roles reversed? In other words, all eternity is meant serving God because that's what our religious language says. Oh, God, you're mighty. You're on the throne. You're the judge of all. You're the big guy. You're in charge of everything. And so eternal life must be at the table, but we wait on you. You sit at the title of the throne and you are their worship because that's what we're supposed to do and and we're taught that. But if love is service, if Jesus was fully human and fully divine, maybe when we die and enter into the eternal banquet, maybe it's God who meets us with a waiter's towel And maybe eternity might be God waiting on us at the banquet table. Is Jesus really someone who says, Okay, disciples, I'm going to wash your feet. One of the most menial tasks. But boy, when we get to heaven, you're going to wait on me for all eternity. Get used to it. Is Jesus a fake? If God is love and the perfection of love, And love means service of others towards one another, being the servant of all. Does God stop being that in heaven? And Jesus tells us through the Gospel of Mark then that if we're seriously going to be called disciples, we must be the servant of all. And that means that in any leadership role, that we don't look for blind ambition, that we don't look for glory, And we don't look that it's all about me and my freedom, my rights, and my thoughts. That has no part of discipleship. In first century Palestine, there are groups called factions. There's a leader with followers. That would include Jesus' group as well. And it was very common at that time for people in the group to be buddy-buddies with the leader. So what James and John do today is very familiar with the people of that time. And they go up to Jesus and say, Jesus, when your glory comes and everything of your kingdom will be revealed, can we have a place of honor? And you know, they do that because they only concerned with the leader, and they have no relationship with others in the group. That's very common at that time. And so when the disciples become indignant towards James and John, they're not upset because they broke Jesus' rule and preaching. They're upset that they beat him to the punch. They thought, wow, you got there before us. That's not fair. They, too, would want that, and that's how groups would operate. Well, here's what's funny. In Matthew's gospel, James and John's mother plays the bad role. She's the one that goes to Jesus and says, Can you make sure my sons have a corner office in your new group? In Luke's gospel, he says nothing. And that's why I love Mark's gospel. Mark constantly shows the warts, the brokenness, and the lack of intelligence of disciples. It is the most real of all the Gospels that talk about how the disciples had a hard time in figuring out. But Jesus is clear in his teaching today. Look, if you want to be great in God's kingdom, if that's important, you must be the servants of all and loving others. Servant leadership is the only way that Jesus says that's how it happens. Some of you are leaders by title. Maybe you started a business. Maybe you worked your way up. Maybe you've earned a degree or something that gives you a title. That's one form of leadership. For others, it might be thrusted upon you. You're a leader of the family. You're a leader of a group. And sometimes those titles aren't given. They just happen because people look at you. A lot of my players at Sunny Slope over my 12 years there, when I coached football there, some of my players were not popular, that were leaders. They weren't the superstar quarterback, but they showed up and they worked and they were a model and example. That's also a form of leadership. Think about women in the church, including our parish. Think about the inability to have good titles of prestige or power or leadership, that's not always easy available to women. And yet this parish, along with any parish on the face of the earth, would fall apart if it weren't for women. That's true. And they are, happen to be leaders. Even though they don't give the title, that happens. So all of us are a leader at something in our lives, whether the title given recognized, or something we do just out of the love of our heart. And Jesus is saying this that we must have the concerns of others before our own. We've learned a very painful lesson in the church, and we're going through it right now, that when the pandemic began, the modeling that was given, unfortunately, by some places is, what about our rights to worship? What about our rights to gather together and have sacraments? You're taking that away. And yet parishes like ours and other parishes and other churches, thought of people first. Why? Because that's what the gospel demands, that the concerns of people, their fears, their anxieties, their worries, are met and thought about and cared about. That wasn't popular with everyone, and that's the way it goes. But exactly today's gospel says any good leader, anyone who's a disciple, thinks and has concerns in the needs of others. And so Mark is reminding us that people matter. And people are first in their concern even many times before our own. It's easy to do it with people we love and are in relationship with. might be easier, not always, but many times. But it's a lot harder when people don't behave properly, don't respond properly, are not grateful, but yet we're still called to be servants of others. During this month, we've been looking at respect life. The value of people. And we've reminded you that the church needs to be sure that we meet people wherever they're at in life issues. It isn't just one issue. And it isn't a hierarchical issue that says, this life is more innocent, more important, more special than any other life. It is a consistent way of life. And the church as a whole has clear teachings that we've offered you on our website that gives you an example that the way of life is that we have one pattern, that lives matter. You know, I was watching the, uh, a video the other day of the Notre Dame University of Notre Dame marching band. Anybody heard that school? Well, yeah, it was their pep rally. And it was the band kind of feed there. And the band was getting ready to play what's called the Victory March. That's, a very, that's their fight song, I guess, but the Victory March for Notre Dame. And they had one of the cameras Simply go down the line while they're playing the victory march. They just in step. They haven't started moving forward yet. And as the camera went down and they went, you saw all the band members. They started off with the flutes. The flutes, and you could hear it and go, okay. And then behind them were the trumpets. And then after that were the trombone. After that were the clarinets and after that were chimes, and after that were drums, and then they got to the tubas. What were the tubas playing? I have no idea. <laughs> See, I'm not a music person. In fact, in the seminary, they voted me please to no longer sing during Masses. So, so I have no musical talent. And those of you in music would understand that each instrument gives a special sound. And when you f- apply every instrument, Together, it makes the complete sound, even though it sounds like an instrument isn't playing the same song. Isn't that true with life issues in church? Some of you are fully immersed into taking care of the elderly. That's your role right now, and that's all the energy and time you have for. Isn't that life, even though you're playing an instrument that we don't understand, some of us? Isn't dealing with a sick family person that you have to make many hospital trips and wait for medical news, isn't that an instrument that you're playing that sounds different? Those of you who are concerned about the unborn or children growing up, isn't that an issue that's important that may be touching your life there? And it may sound not like the plea of the whole group. Those of you who honor the homeless, those in prison, Those who are in the dying process. Those who have mental illness or mental health problems. That becomes your focus and your instrument. But when the church comes together and we have one consistent message of all life, it makes a beautiful sound. And so if we keep saying, because you're not passionate about my issue, you're not a real Catholic, you're not really pro-life, you're not doing what we're supposed to do, that's not the teaching of the church. That's people's opinion. But in this room, you are all being pro-life in some issue because it's the most important thing now you're dealing with. And yet when the church comes together for sacraments like this, you make a beautiful sound of pro-life. Because each of you play your own tuba. Tubas, make no- they make the weirdest noise. <laughs> what are you playing? I don't know. They just told me to play the tuba. Well, some of us, it sounds like we're playing the tuba, but we're doing what we can And so during Respect Life, please go to our website. We have clear, concise Catholic teaching of why we consider all life important. Also, there are different issues you can look at to pray, to reflect, and even act on. It might be exactly where you're about to enter into. And your life and the way you respond to life consistently matters. This week, let's take a look at Maggie's Place, one of the many issues of life at St. Patrick's that is consistently lived in the way that our church teaches and it's teaching how we ought to live.
1: My ministry gives life through unconditional love, which is so important. Maggie's Place is a local nonprofit that has four maternity homes in the Valley and also a family success center for the women who graduate from the maternity homes. And the manner in which we support life is we are pro-life. We bring women into the homes um, so that they can have their babies and that they have um, mentors that um, they can use to develop skill sets that will allow them to raise their children so that they're not um, concerned with um, fear in the process of being pregnant and um, raising their children. Supporting the life of the mom with her new baby, I think we do something for the lives of the volunteers that come into the home, and also for the AmeriCorps uh, volunteers who are mentoring the women in the home. AmeriCorps volunteers come in and spend a year or two living in community with the uh, the women. They're getting to know the moms, um, and it's really exciting to see those moms grow. Um, they may come in, they're afraid, they don't really want to speak with you. They don't, you know, they're they have problems sharing. And then several months later, they're telling you everything. <laughs> Maybe telling you more than um, you really want to know, but. Um, there, I mean, it's just a wonderful experience.
0: From the moment of conception until the last natural breath, we respect life.
1: Thank you for listening to the St. Patrick Catholic Community
0: Homily Podcast. We are Christian Disciples in Mission.